Frank, before we start today's podcast, I got to give a shout out to a listener. Are you ready for this? Oh, yeah. We haven't done this in a while. What do you got? Wow. wow, wow, wow. Don <laughs> Mezzarelli. Uh, I have not checked my P.O. box in a year and uh, and, and, and change. Oh, no. Oh, no. And, you just reminded me that I have a P.O. box. <laughs> um. You can you can send things to my PO box. I'll put it in the show notes. It is two two one two Queen Anne Avenue North, Box five three three Seattle Washington nine eight one zero nine. I don't check that puppy too often, but our good friend Don sent me a uh, postcard with a hand drawn Xamarin monkey on it. Frank, whoa, that takes some time. Thank you. That is cool. I haven't seen a picture of it, but I'm I'm just saying that's cool because that's cool. Thanks. <laughs> Very cool and. Uh, Don writes in and says, uh, thank you so much for the cool coffee mug. Remember we sent out coffee mugs to all of our Patreon subscribers a year ago. And, and Don wrote, and he said he enjoys all of our merge conflict podcasts and wishes us most outstanding success in life and on our ventures. Don, we wish you the most outside, um, most success, outstanding, uh, outstanding success success in life, in your journey, wherever you're at, Don, thank you so much for being a listener and if you want a cool coffee mug, you should become a Patreon subscriber because we will maybe send out coffee mugs. Once again, I have about 100 of them in my closet, Frank, and they need to go somewhere. They need to go somewhere. Uh, yeah, I, I've heard merch requests. We, we need to do a little bit better job selling the merch, but uh, yeah. I, I kind of love my mug. I want one too. So we, we got to put a storefront up so I can buy some. It is. Now, I made a mistake with the mugs because I was on a journey well, let's do a little. <laughs> let's do a little retro. This December's. So let's go on a little backtracking here. I was on a. Let, let me pause you. There's no mistake with the mugs. The mugs are perfect. But I'm, I'm curious to hear what you have to say. Uh, so I early on, uh, after we started Merge Conflict and Nintendo Dispatch, and my wife started a podcast, and we brought in a few other different podcasts. Like Danny had one with me, and, and we, um, we had a vegan podcast. And I, I built out this network, Soundbite.fm, and. Uh, I was really getting into the podcast game. I was like, side hustle, do this thing, believe in podcasters. And I never really had the the full time to invest and scale like I really needed to do. So Summit FM is our podcast network, but and there are podcasts on it besides ours. There's a few. But I sh- we went out and we got mugs made from a local Seattle <laughs> company. And they're the most amazing mugs. They're just, Frank, tell them about the mugs. The mugs are your, I want to call them the standard uh, coffee shop or cafe mug but the word standard does not do them justice no they are thick they are heavy it does they will not break in an industrial dishwasher um <laughs> they have good hand grip uh it's a good ceramic it's a beautiful color it's exactly the color you would imagine a coffee mug should be and it has a nice uh elegant curve to it it's it's a very elegant curve it is um i i treasure my mug and I'm glad it's industrial strength because <laughs> I've beat it up pretty good. They're, they're great mugs. I, I search wide and far for coffee mugs. And many coffee mugs are very thin. They don't keep your coffee warm. They are not, you know, heavy duty, thick walled. And these diner style coffee mugs, uh, traditional coffee mugs, I just found them. Seattle Coffee Works, I believe, is the company. It's on the bottom of the mug. Uh, and, and I... I drove down to, I believe, Olympia, where they're at, and I and I went in wow. the smart car and had to pick up. <laughs> I didn't up know all this these. story, everyone. I did not know this story. I didn't know he drove to Olympia. It's not that far of a drive, but 
we don't like to drive here in Seattle. So <laughs> great job, James. Yeah, you got to drive through Tacoma. And that's, you know, uh, so yeah, they went down to Olympia and I picked up these mugs and I had to fill up the smart car with them. And and there was a lot of them and you have to buy them at a certain quantity. So I believe it was like 200 mugs at a certain price. And uh, they're all super great. They're super great people. They do a lot of coffee mugs in and around the Seattle and Puget Sound area. And just really delightful folks. And we got all these mugs. Now, in retrospect, what I should have done is I should have probably just got Merge Conflict mugs and slapped our logo on there, which would have been better. Uh, that, that, that was like the, the thing I should have done that I didn't do. Because while soundbite.fm looks cool, if you're a Merge Conflict listener, we probably could have given out more and set up a merch shop. No one's going to want to buy my defunct uh, <laughs> not you know. defunct they, they are our corporate overlords we're just lucky that our corporate overlords are you yeah so we we lucked out there um but yeah I, I i think this is a call to arms we should we should try again and look i'm I'm going on record here i am willing to drive to olympia if that's what it takes um i don't really want to mail these puppies out so no. maybe we can negotiate with someone there's a lot of we we didn't do the um infrastructure part right the fulfillment center we didn't have a warehouse so no. that's why we we're a little bad at <laughs> sending out mugs uh james poor james had to do all of it the fulfillment center was the closet that was the storage <laughs> and fulfillment actually was queen and dispatch which is where my, my p.o box is at and um i just dropped off a box and i dropped off a list and i said have fun here's my credit card and i left and it was like 80 mugs or something like that that i sent all over the place and i think the the bill that i got back <laughs> for shipping international right you you did international you just threw it all in right I threw it all in and some of them went to to india and to europe and to australia and to all over the place and the bill i got back thanks patreon subscribers because it was it was more than what the mugs all of the mugs oh, no. cost. <laughs> uh, which makes sense which makes sense when you're sending out a mug at That's a time great um, I like it. We're we're running a, a communist system here. Everyone paid in and everyone got, well, Patreon got a mug. Patreon got a mug. So <laughs> today though, Frank, I have a topic because I was sitting at Fremont Brewing uh, last week uh, with uh, some colleagues, not at Microsoft, but at another company, some some colleagues of, of colleagues. And we were discussing something that I think that you would find quite interesting, which was what if... In this time, we're at we're at Fremont Brewing, right in Fremont, and imagine that there's like a virtual dog there, right? Because we couldn't bring our dog in, but imagine there's a mm. virtual dog, but but it is your dog, right? And then imagine that this virtual dog is like this dog that you can kind of have on demand. So you get all the good things about a dog; it's like cute, you can hang out with it, but you don't have to pick up its poop, <laughs> you don't have to do all these other things. And then imagine though, Frank, that like we're all experiencing this virtual dog together and also somehow we can all like pet the dog and like rub the dog and we get like haptic feedback about the dog right but then we can like power dog so it's like we can be like oh look at all these dogs like you bring your dog to work like a microsoft you can't bring your dog to work it's unless it's a um, um a service dog uh or animal i guess there's more service than just dogs but could uh, be a chicken could be a chicken service ferret whatever it is and, you know, I was walking in the streets of Seattle and there was a missing ferret. I'm not going to lie about it. Oh, now no. that ferret, let's just be honest, that ferret's gone. But it's not going to survive. No, it's gone. Mean streets of Seattle. So, but imagine this is this is there, right? And what am I talking about, Frank? I am 
so confused. I have a thought. I, I know what I want it to be. I really don't know where you're going. But I went first to Tomagachi. Have you tried Tomagachi? Yes. <laughs> and then um and then I was like, virtual? Like, is it really there? Are we talking holograms? I would love a hologram. I'm actually really into holograms right now. And then I'm like, or is he talking about a robot? What in the world is so it's one of those episodes, everyone. It's an episode where Frank has absolutely no idea what James is talking about. So let's go on a ride. James, what the heck are you talking about? <laughs> it's the metaverse episode, Frank. It's happening. Oh, okay. VR. AR. You want AR that okay. Metaverse. Meta the company. Meta the Facebook. It's happening. Did you watch the John Carmack keynote? Let's start there. I did not watch the John Carmack one. Uh, I watched the uh, NVIDIA one uh, mm. recently where they were talking about the metaverse. And now here's the, the fast part. The metaverse is not one company, right? It can't be. It has to be like the internet where it's all things, I assume, all into one. But really, it is just a hybrid between Snow Crash and Ready Player One. That's really what the metaverse <laughs> is going to be, right? Am I wrong? Right. I, I was going to say Roblox and Minecraft. <laughs> <laughs> they are metaverses in their own right in some regard, correct? Oh, absolutely. And I think there are our first ones. And yeah, it, it's going to be weird how, how this all goes, right? You you said it's not going to be one company, and yet it is, because right now our thing is games. Hmm. So each game is a metaverse. You know, all the RPG games out there, all the shared experience games, those are 100% metaverses. So what I think when people say metaverse, they're thinking about something that's more globally accepted. Um, everyone's on it. And that's why it kind of makes sense that meta, the company <laughs> with Facebook, something that has a lot of people on it, that they would actually be the ones to make us uh, an early version of it. Other companies have certainly tried over time, but we haven't gotten to that critical mass where everyone is on it and it's worthwhile and all that kind of stuff. Second life, second life, second life. I'm just going to keep saying that 8,000 times throughout this podcast. Where were where were you going with this? So do you, what, what state do you think we're in? Where do you think we're going? What mistakes have we made? Which direction are we going with this puppy? <laughs> well, let's go back because, you know, I mentioned Snow Crash, which is, I believe, one of the first times metaverse as a word even was brought up uh, in general. But since then, in pop culture, we have seen uh, we've seen a few things that you just mentioned. Right. So I mentioned Snow Crash and Ready Player One, which in itself is describing a metaverse that we're all living in. But you also mentioned things that are existing today that that are not books or not film, which are Second Life, which was probably one of the earliest metaverses that I can think about. Um, but any Fun MMO. Fact. Yeah, go ahead. Fun fact. <laughs> Fun fact. Side tangent. Uh, uh, Second Life is what got me into Mono. Uh, oh. because a lot of it, at least like the gameplay logic was written in and the components, it was actually a programmable system. A lot of that was written in mono. And I saw a lecture by someone named Miguel de Acasa. Oh, heard of him. Yep. And uh, he uh, actually, no, I'm sorry. The The lecture was by someone else, but they, they kept giving shout outs to him and we talked about and that kind of stuff. But they used all these cool little hacks, you know, hacks in the good way 
to uh, create a really cool scripting system for Second mm. Life in Mono. And I found that runtime lecture so interesting, the way they did continuations. You know, they could actually pause an entire thread at a time, serialize its entire heap, move it to a different server, and start that continuation again. Really clever tricks they did with Mono. So side tangent, uh, the tech behind Second Life was super awesome, even though it didn't totally take off as a platform. Yeah, you know, there's there's been Second Life, there's been the Minecraft, the Roblox, the all, all these things where you're you're in it, and and even, even Fortnite to some extent, right? Where we talk yeah. about seeing a Marshmallow concert or Travis Scott concert with people there, but it's not really the immersion. You're not, I'm not there. Like, hey, Frank, come join me in this thing, and we're 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 there together. I imagine the 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 long-term metaverse and i'm getting ahead of myself here the long-term metaverse oh to be the ready player one right when i was talking about the virtual dog there's a few things there and you you said these these universally accepted which i think is an important thing and this is where the discussion went um uh last week as well because right now whatever metaverse in quote we have or or, or the verse that we have right now is not necessarily globally accepted by all, right? Not every single person or percentage, 80%, 60%, 50%, whatever the mass is, let's say 51% of people are playing Second Life, Fortnite, these things, right? There are a lot of people, but they're not in it, right? We're not all yet in a virtual meeting. I've never been in a virtual meeting besides <laughs> just hopping on Teams where that is virtual enough. That is its own micro. Is that a, is that a yep, micro micro metaverse in a way? It is. I mean, I it, you know this is where definitions get fuzzy, and we can argue all day about what is this and what is that, and we can create barriers in language. But I don't find any of that fascinating. Obviously, it's a spectrum. Yeah. You know, like how deep in are you getting? How communicative are you? Are you representing your true personality or are you representing a character? These are important questions that in online culture where we're actually a pretty new online culture. We're like 20, 30 years old, and we're still figuring these things out. How do you want to represent yourself and what representation do you want? What software is going to exacerbate that? You know, there was a time where we all love Facebook and now we think they're evil. And now we're like, well, they're evil, but it's a necessary service. And it's all over the place. And we're just going to keep having these debates left and right. I'm sorry, I'm going on a tangent. Please continue, James. <laughs> well, if we get back to the virtual dog experience, we were starting to talk about like what would enable that technology? You, right would would we all need we'd be sitting at a bar yeah and we're like all right millie show up right that's, that's our dog like millie like yeah. and here's millie and to me we're not we're not throwing on oculuses at the brewery yeah. you no. know what i mean no. we're not yeah. we're not all throwing and busting out our, our glasses maybe there's a shim glass maybe maybe there was a time there with the google glass where i actually thought that was going to be a thing but you're right. If if we want acceptance right now, then it, it okay. So what I want to say is like it has to be in your pocket. It already mm. has to be there. Yeah. But it's worse than that. Uh, that will make it a toy. That'll make it to where it is today. Mm -hmm. For it to actually take off, it has to replace something. Yeah. Actually, that's when it actually becomes useful. You're like, oh, I used to have to carry two of these things. Now I only have to carry one. Now. In this case, it might be, well, I used to have to carry a dog around. Now I don't have to carry a dog around. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but um, I, bare minimum, it has to be something people already have or is cheap to get something, uh, you know, along those lines. 
otherwise whatever it's it's just not going to happen ideally though it replaces something it extends things it makes things better apple has uh what are they like usdz files like if you go shopping for a new mac pro they'll like click this thing and you can Mm. see it in ar and it'll uh with with the right mime types and all that serve it the right file off of a server and it'll inject it into a virtual environment and it can actually be animated, but it's a static animation. It's it's not a reactive little robot dog that you got to feed every day and everyone can interact with. And then there's no shared experience, really. You're just placing it on your phone. No one else can see it. But we're, 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 we're getting these small steps in. Also, we have to keep mentioning games. WoW is definitely a metaverse. Uh, the old EverQuest. I was an EverQuest player, not a WoW player. But I was WoW. All, 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 you were a WoW? Yeah. Yep. So all the deep RPGs, those are metaverses. Of course, they're they're, they're metaverses. Yeah. They're just, you're, you're stuck in orc world. <laughs> yeah, I would say the difference there, if I can imagine, in, in WoW or in EverQuest, is that you're playing this other character, not playing yourself as, if I was James the Warrior or whatever, yeah. that would be kind of cool. <laughs> you know, and if you think of Ready Player One, people had their own avatar and things like that. And and I don't know which route the the metaverse eventually will go to i believe that what they're trying to push at least is like realistic like frank is in the metaverse and there's probably gonna be multiple verses that you go into where sometimes you're an avatar sometimes yourself like business frank and <laughs> um but yeah i agree like if if i was in teams. that yeah teams, teams right? frank team, teams frank <laughs> the difference with wow is that you weren't like in it i wasn't surrounded by it um yeah and and I don't I'm not I'm not convinced that AR VR goggles and things like that are the are they're the gateway, but they're not the mainstream. I, I don't believe anything that you're strapping on to your 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 face is there. The closest would be glasses way into the future, way way into the future, where I think like mainstream adoption would actually occur would be contact lenses. And I don't know Frank how long into the future I've thought about contact lenses as, as this way of doing it. Imagine, and and I also want the, I want all the things to be sticky, right? So there has to be something computing this power. I think of the Iron Man, right? The the Tony Stark of it, where (laughs) right now I'm at this computer and I'm here, but I want to be able to throw stuff virtual. I want to be able to throw a virtual tab over here and a virtual thing over here, but I want to have anything on. I want to blend those worlds, but I want to like wake up and you can imagine putting in your metaverse contact lenses and if you needed glasses they would also double as that in a way too and you'd be able to control those somehow i don't know how frank but i feel like that is the i I don't know how many years that's going to take to get there but i feel like it won't be mainstream i don't think until it gets to that point for like mass mass deep meta adoption am i wrong am i right merge debate conflict me (laughs) <laughs> I'm both going to agree and disagree with you, as I do in the world. I'm always placating. Okay. So um, I would always argue that I wanted those contact lenses, too. But it was funny. While you were describing them, I was like, that sounds gross. <laughs> I don't want to. <laughs> and it's funny. I wear contact lenses. I have absolutely no problem with contact lenses. I leave them in way too long, everyone. <laughs> and and they're terrible. So I, I'm I'm a prime candidate for this. And at the same time, I don't think they're fully necessary, or at least I think those will be supplementary. So going back to my argument, um, I think people would wear glasses if the glasses could replace your phone. Mm. If I if I could leave the house with just my glasses, yeah. honestly, I would 
prefer to wear a nice set of glasses and I set of Ray-Bans that were magical <laughs> phones in reality and not have to have a phone stuck in my pocket if it can replicate all the functionality of the phone. Now I can't, um, I can't do eye circuit on, um, on my glasses though, yeah. you know, maybe I should get to work on that. <laughs> I should be working on an AR experience, um, so that I, I won't miss this wave, but there'll be a point where the device is functional enough that it can actually start to replace other devices. And that's when it'll take off when you're like, well, you know, I could get a phone or I could get these cool glasses and, oh yeah, they also do AR, but I can also get my text messaging. Yeah. And I think we're in, we're in a good spot. They don't need to be contacts, in my opinion. They just mm -hmm. need to be functional. It's the functionality that matters. Do you believe that the metaverse will be hindered in adoption and pushed forward because of privacy concerns around people recording stuff? Like, how do we get past that? Mm -hmm. Right. That was the problem with a lot of glasses early on. That's a good one, buddy. I don't have a great answer. I'm usually pretty dumb when it comes to privacy. Things that I think are simple end up being hard and all that stuff. So I don't want to underestimate privacy here. I I never liked the idea of um, recording the world. But I guess, you know, if, if we want an AR experience, it's very hard to do AR without having a camera. You need a camera of some sorts to kind of scan the environment to do the overlays properly really hard to do without a camera and if you have a camera there technically you can record and technically you can do it without a light and technically you can do that in places where in the united states we have a general rule of if if there is an expectation of privacy you can't record someone if there's not an expectation of privacy then you can record them so those lines are just though i think the lawyers are going to have to come up with better definitions mm. for those lines like the legal code is going to have to catch up with the technology yeah, correct. Because anyone at any point can just, you know, take out their cell phone and start recording anything sure. at any given time. And people are Snapchatting and doing stuff all the time. But there is an expectation in certain instances, just like there's drone laws, right? You can't now people do this and people get very upset. Yeah. You can't just fly a drone over somebody like that. That's not you can if you tell them. It's kind and, of fun, actually. <laughs> and um, I was around some people that were very angry and threw some rocks at not my oh. drone, but other other people's drones. Wow. Um, people do get very upset about the drones and, and I'm very cognizant of that because I read all the drone rules and regulations, but even then, right, the, those are things that are, you know, they're flying around and doing stuff, but granted, we all have a super powerful recording machine in our pocket. So, okay. So at some point we have this, so for how long is the metaverse or does here, here's the other question. Does the metaverse stay inside your house? The, because those those privacy concerns, right? You know, we think of mm -hmm. Ready Player One. You strapped into a haptic suit and you put on the gun. You've seen Ready Player One. You've read Ready Player oh, One, yeah. right? Okay. Uh, both, both. I've done them both. I did my homework, James. Okay. I didn't know it, but I did my homework. Good. I'm proud of you. That, 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 and those are important things. Because I, I don't read many books. But when I read Ready Player One, I loved it. And then I watched the movie when it came out. Book was better. But <laughs> movie, also still good. Maybe I'll rewatch the movie tonight. Anyways, regardless. Um, that was an experience where, you know, you stayed inside. So do you think that the metaverse is going to stay an inside thing because of all those things where we literally don't have an answer to all the privacy concerns and all the other stuff? Yeah, it's an interesting question. I don't I don't know the answer. In some ways, I want to boil it down to is it going to be VR or AR? Mm. What's going to win? Mm. And 
you know, you want to think that they're they're so related to each other that it's going to be a blending of it. If mm-hmm. I have a pair of glasses that can do AR, probably I could just put a mask over them, them and all of a sudden I'm in VR. You can capture the entire world around me or give me a holodeck experience. You know, I, I'm waiting for a holodeck. I want like eight projectors in my living room and have plain white walls and then just be able to enter any visual space that I want to. Wouldn't yeah. that be fun? Well, so... Well, and imagine a world where I'm sitting at home and Heather and I put on our AR our glasses and, and we are in a shared experience and we say, hey, let's play Mastermind tonight, right? Or let's play Clue, right? And it's like, hey, that you don't own that game, right? Uh, okay, one of you buy it and you share this experience. Like, oh, I'm going to buy I'm gonna buy Clue, right? Oh, that's $4.99. Or I just buy it and download it to my glasses. And then you invite, I invite Heather to the game and then we can see the game with our glasses and it's in this, you know, environment here, basically like that's, yeah, that's what I would want to see in, in general. Right. And that sort of shared reality space, but I'm, it's going to like put it down at our table. It's, we're not going to slap on our glasses and do this thing because, you know, when you play a game, you're looking around, seeing people, seeing people's facial things and things like that. That's that is one experience where the VR experience on the other hand is, the complete opposite. That is the Ready Player One experience. There was no augmented reality, mixed reality experiences there. And I believe that they both fundamentally, the verses that they create are fundamentally, uh, not fundamentally, they're, there's <laughs> overlay. It's a Venn diagram, but but they're, the Venn parts that aren't the same are pretty good sizes. That's what I want to say. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think we're going to end up with a multi metaverse, multi metaverse, that's Marvel, a Marvel (laughs) multiverse, unified stage five multi metaverse. Um, okay. So imagine this, uh, the internet comes out and we have this wonderful thing or the internet's out, whatever the internet's great and a wonderful things invented and it's called the World Wide web. And now people can create things, things called the Uh, websites and all of a sudden the world explodes the internet existed for years years before the world wide web existed but it was that key invention a the invention of url b the invention of uh, html making it pretty easy to create user interfaces and linkable documents and things Mm -hmm. like that and because they were hackers, they made it pretty easy to set up servers and all that stuff. And thus, the great internet was created, and we all got jobs, and we lived happily ever after. <laughs> but the problem is, uh, the the URL can transcend all this. The URL is still the greatest invention of humankind yet. I mean, a universal resource locator. How awesome mm-hmm. is that? True. So we, 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 we'll take that. We'll take that. But uh, HTML is dead. we'll take HTTP, we'll take URLs, all that stuff's fine. We can run all this on our servers. But um, we tried to create metaverses. We tried to create like 3D world and virtual worlds with VRML back in the days. It used to be a part of all the HTTP servers out there, but it just failed. It didn't work. Probably because we didn't have good interfaces to it, but also because we hadn't invented Web 2.0 and social Mm. media and all that stuff. But even today, even with HTML being so easy to use, absolutely no one creates, in in the global scheme of things, absolutely no one creates websites. We all create Facebook pages and Twitter accounts and blog 
bloggy WordPresses and word and bloggy things. Yeah. And we need that software, mm. those creation kind of softwares to come out so that, you know, making a virtual world is a hard work. Even with Unity, I love Unity. I love creating a little Unity environment, putting on my VR goggles and be like, look, I'm in a virtual world. But it's still a lot of work to make it look good and put effort into. So we need the the WordPresses of uh, the metaverse. The I, I do agree. I believe that there's multi parts. There's a there's a there needs to be a place where developers are able to create fundam- fundamental pieces and extend these verses, right? I think of it as an app store, the iPhone, right? iPhone would be nothing without developers creating software for it at any given point. Companies have spawned all this stuff. It took many years to get there, you know, in general, because after, you know, took a little bit for Apple to open it up and they had to create a, a fundamental foundation for developers to build upon and continue to innovate on and extend that single verse, you know, uh, mm-hmm. in general. And there's there's the ecosystems and, and the the metaverse that is inside of your phone or the verse, maybe it's a 2D verse that's inside of your phone is there. It will unlock different things. But then there's the other part, which I think is 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 happening to some regards at the creator space, right? Platforms that enable other people to create more platforms with that platform. So uh, when I look at the Roblox of the world, right, that is like one thing where, where, where creators are creating things and creating unique experiences without necessarily having to be a developer, but some of them are and creating new things. But then the Squarespaces, the WordPress is like you recreate that. So if anyone wants to extend the metaverse or integrate into the metaverse, there needs to be a, a, a sliding scale of entry points. You know, yeah. I just recently, for example, you think of early internet, right? I was a, a GeoCities person, <laughs> you know, that yeah. was my... I had uh, one. I had one. <laughs> that was a, a, a foundational piece. I just recently, I'm, I'm getting back into Dance Dance Revolution, and I remember doing this old modification where you took one of the soft mats and you modified it with some wood and some runners and stuff. And I found that website that I, I used about 15, no, 20 years ago. I'm old. <laughs> uh, and it was on Angel Fire and that was still wow. available. So you know what I did with that website is I put it on GitHub. So I just, I took it, <laughs> I copied it. I was like, this, Angel Fire may not be around forever, but those are fundamental pieces. Like when you think of people got their ideas and they were able to express them, right? And I love this point that you just brought up about this, this space for enabling people. Because if, if only Facebook meta, if only Meta and only you know uh, whatever company is is going to do is going to create these things, it, it's going to limit the creativity. It's going to enable everyone. There needs to be that infrastructure, though, right? Just like there's internet infrastructure, there is a DNS lookups, there is registrars that is combining these and and bringing it together. And if you think of the early AOLs, they someone brought these pieces together. So maybe it is Meta that will bring some of these pieces together, and then it'll fan out over years. I don't know if I'll be alive for it or not. Maybe. I think. <laughs> I think you will be. I think yeah. you will be. I mean, the the social networks are our best and easiest example for all this stuff. And the early social networks uh, grew fast and died fast. You yeah. know, that it was the Wild West of all that because we were trying to figure out what does social on the Internet actually mean? How much of myself do I want to expose? Uh, what are the kinds of posts I want to do? Mm. Uh, Tumblr was a great playground for all that stuff. So I I'm actually really optimistic, uh, even if not even if 
I hope that Meta and Facebook or whoever it is, whatever they're calling themselves, I hope they do a good job. Yeah. I, I want to see them create something awesome. Yeah. I don't have huge faith that they will be the AOL or the CompuServe of the metaverse. Uh, there's, there's, there's a definite chance that they do and they succeed, but they're going to create something at least interesting. Yeah. And then someone's going to build from that. And then someone's going to build from that. You know, Facebook was not the first social network. They're like the fifth big one. If we're, I mean, depending on what scale you're talking about, they're the millionth social network. And so, and they succeeded because they learned from the lessons of all the people that came before them. Yeah. Now they're the frontiers. Now they're the pioneers. And it'll be interesting to see if they have. And I don't even want to call it smarts. It's luck. You can't predict the mass movements of social groups, no matter how much foundation you read or any of that kind of stuff. You just can't. And so they might succeed. They might not. Either way, something interesting will come out of it. Um, Talking about um, buying fun displays online. We're not talking about that, but I'm just going to segue over there. I was interested to see you could actually buy cheap like two display controllers meant Mm. for left eyes and right eyes meant for vr goggles and you can buy these things for like 50 bucks you can build a diy vr headset kind of easily now you you got to get good lenses and all that stuff but we already see commoditization of it already so the hardware is getting there it's a matter of getting the software there and and burning through the frontier and seeing (laughs) what there is on the other side and once you get that adoption of people and you create the infrastructure for people to make that software and make and extend the the verse right then then it will grow from there and that's why we saw you know facebook iphones android these you know windows mac these different ecosystems grow because people are there so you got to get them there it's got to be enticing enough right and the original iphone is good you know, there's enticing enough even with its lockdown ecosystem that people flock to it. And then from that, it was able to expand. But if no one bought the original iPhone, there wouldn't be, we wouldn't be where we're at today. But you know, it's the same thing with Facebook. If Facebook never went beyond high schools and colleges, it, you know, there's that mass adoption. So I think that there, there's different scales to mass adoption. Not that, you know, mass adoption is to me, I would say like, even my wife wants, wants to to join in into the metaverse or whatever it is. Right. And, and, but again, that adoption might be like, oh, she's just logging into Instagram verse or what, you know what I mean? Like th- there, mm-hmm. if there is this scale Instagram of verse, copyright that real quick. Instaverse, Instaverse, Inst- ooh.com. Done, sold. Uh, <laughs> VC, there, if there's VCs listening, um, Frank and I will create your Instaverse. We have a great uh, name. <laughs> yeah. We uh, don't know what to write, but we have a great name and we have ideas. <laughs> yeah, what you do is any photo that you take, what we'll do is we'll turn that into a virtual experience for you and your friends. And what's great about that, and then you can host audio uh, chat rooms in real time in this verse that we've created for you in this like amphitheater or wherever you're at in the world. And then you can commoditize that and, and monetize it. And then, you know, you can do things like that, but you know, it's basically a hybrid of, of clubhouse and Instagram <laughs> and second life. So there you go. That's Instaverse. Uh, let's see if Instaverse, Instaverse.com. You sold me. Here's my $10 million. Uh, let me know how it goes. I, I don't think anyone owns it. I'm thinking I'm about to buy it, Frank. <laughs> um, We're co-buying it. I, I want in on this racket. Okay. I mean, um, let's do it. <laughs> Where were we before we totally sidetracked with the Instaverse? <laughs> well, 
uh, I was saying I'm excited. I'll, I'll just repeat that. Um, I, I think it's going to work out. You, you can't predict technology shifts. I, it will be something, though. I think the phone in our pocket, while it's been amazing and I've made a career off of it, it's not the right form factor. We need mm-hmm. more kind of wearable tech. And as we get more wearable tech, we'll expect it to integrate with the environment more, hence the AR stuff. And everything's going to be social. Everything is social, whether we like it or not. I was trying to do some PCB board design, but I had to create an account and they have a social element. And now I have a profile with a profile (laughs) picture because, oh, my God, what software can you have these days without a profile? So I think all the curmudgeons like myself are going to be annoyed. But social is definitely the future. And at least the youngins have been raised in a social world and they know how to protect themselves and uh, manage it well. Totally. All right. There's our metaverse. We will obviously pick up on metaverse stuff as metaverse continues. Cause I'm, I'm excited about this last part that we sort of talked about, which is really the extending the developer opportunities. I believe that we're at where, where we are today because we took a look at these new experiences that were emerging cell phones yep. Yeah, uh, and, and cell phones. You haven't heard of them. That's it. it period. Specifically, <laughs> and iPads, iPads, <laughs> iPads, smartphones, and iPads. We looked at them. We said, "Hey, this is going to be a thing, and I want to be part of it." So, when we were developing during the rough early years, and where everything was really crazy, you know, we fell in love with that. So, I hope that this is the. the I'm always not necessarily always looking for the next thing, but you know, I've been building mobile apps for ten oh, years. Yeah. 11 years. I feel pretty good yeah. about that. I'll, I'll continue to build them and do things with them. I think there's a long journey with them, but I do um, feel like I have some excitement about, is there a next developer opportunity in some verse? Cause I haven't felt it yet. I haven't felt it with mm-hmm. anything. You know, there's a lot of stuff happening in the blockchain and there's other stuff happening. I haven't really, it hasn't really spoken to me. And I feel like maybe the metaverse will speak to me similar to how smartphones spoke to me early on yet to be determined because to me ar and vr haven't spoke to me in a way that i want to go develop stuff for them yet so we'll see how it comes from it yeah we're not normal people us developers but i i wasn't sold on smartphones until i realized i could program them Ah. it was once they enabled that developer experience and i'm like oh now i can put whatever i want on this puppy and i think a bit will hinge on facebook or meta whatever it's called whatever their thing is uh if they create a good developer experience because they can't build the whole thing no and if they do the whole Ooh, you can upload an app. Like I, I've made a career off of the app store, but I don't know if it'll be good enough for this one. I, I don't know if we can just have an app store and treat it like games, like yeah. the Oculus equipment. They treat it like an app store and they treat it like games. So it's tricky to become a publisher. You get something up on the store and all that stuff. I'm not sure if the app model is 100% correct for the metaverse. Mm. Um, I would much rather see the World Wide Web model. Yeah. Uh, but if you're interested in those kinds of questions and thoughts, please go see the John Carmack lecture keynote uh, at the last uh, Facebook event, whatever in the world they called it. <laughs> uh, F8. What was it called? F8? Fate. 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 Oh, that's what F8. Yeah, that's right. All right anyways, I will go watch that, um, and then maybe we'll do a little Patreon next week for that one and give it a little recap. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, thanks, everyone, for tuning in. Let us know what you think of the metaverse and where it's going. I know it's the buzzword of the day, but hey, what, you know, that's what we hey, do here. We love buzz. <laughs> yeah, I love words. They put them together, buzz and words. 
let us know. You can write into the show, mergeconflict.fm. You can comment. You can tweet at us. You can do all the things. Discord, uh, Patreon, all, blah, 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 blah. All the things. Do it. Share this. <laughs> if you have a friend that's like interested, so, you know, social, hop in the verse and then we'll, you can tell us in your virtual digital avatar and it'd be sweet and the virtual dog, Millie will come bark at you. Anyways, uh, if, if, uh, you like this episode, share it with a friend. Be like, hey, you're, hey, you're interested, Sam, in, in the metaverse. What do you think, Sam? And then Sam should be like, hey, yeah, um, Joan, you like the metaverse? Check out this podcast. And then she'll send it to, 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 to George. And then George is interested in the metaverse. <laughs> and then we'll grow our Are numbers you all together. Um, there we go. Let's do it for this week's Merge Conflict. Until next time, I'm James Montemagno. And I'm Frank Krueger. Thanks for listening. Peace. Peace.